Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 328 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Gray! How are you doing? Hello, Dave. I am doing very well. How are you? I'm very, very good. It's lovely to have you back on again. So what have you been up to the last few weeks? I have been focusing on my news resolution for Geek Town. And I am going to try and give you a proper film roundup, as I'm supposed to be the film guy. <laughs> so uh, one thing I've been doing is, uh, before I start talking about things that I've been watching, I'm going to give you my five top headlines okay. from January 2022. So Excellent. Hang on a minute. jingle <laughs> imagine i'm shuffling papers at my desk now welcome to gray's monthly film news roundup uh, yeah. so i picked out five of the key stories from the world of film from january 2022 so my first one is spider-man no way home is now the sixth biggest film of all time just overtaking jurassic park in the last week wow. it is now the second highest grossing marvel film and we are pretty surprised by that i don't think anyone saw that coming particularly in 2021 2022 yeah. with the restrictions yeah um, absolutely phenomenal and it sort of crept up not many people have sort of seen it come and it just came from the background so that is my first headline have you seen it now dave no i still haven't seen it i have it on pre-order for the home release which is at the end of the month yeah. and i figure i've avoided spoilers for this already to this point so i'm kind of thinking by the time it comes out on home release i mean i you know hopefully Hopefully I can carry on avoiding things. I mean, I know some of the stuff because it was leaked beforehand, but I've managed to avoid most of the really kind of big plot spoilers and everything. So I am looking forward to it. But yeah, I mean, sixth biggest film of all time in the middle of a pandemic. And that's before the home release stuff has come out. Yeah, it is incredible. incredible piece of work. Uh, I mean, Sony must be very, very happy. I think yeah. they've, they've signed Tom Holland up for like three more movies or something, yeah. haven't they? So, remember that controversy as well when they were said like no more and then they had to go into like meeting rooms and, yeah. and all the execs had to meet. But yeah, such a good decision to make sure it carried on. And uh, yeah, very good. Yeah. Awesome news. Uh, headline number two. Um, <laughs> our coverage is probably 
more coverage than it actually got on the day. So the Golden Globes <laughs> had a very, very low-key sort of announcement this year. And just the headlines from that, West Side Story, although critically uh, panned by a lot of people, really? picked up quite a few awards, which will see the star Rachel Zegler about to go on and do Disney Snow White. That itself has got some controversy. Yes. Uh, some of the big winners include Belfast and Encanto in the animated feature. And it does put Will Smith as high ranking for the Oscars. As you know, if you get the top award in the Golden Globes, you are quite likely to get the Oscar. And this year they have put Will Smith in that position for his role in King Richard as the father of the Williams sisters. Yes. Golden Globes, very, very quiert this year. It was basically a Stallone and Ernst Online because of the fact that the makeup of the people that were picking the Golden Globes basically mm-hmm. wasn't they? Uh, they're not a diverse judging panel at all. There's a lot of people boycotting it. It didn't go out on TV and they basically sort of just released a list online. West Side Story, I mean, it looks fine to me. I'm, I haven't really watched any reviews of it. It's been panned, has it, quite a lot? Yeah, uh, not huge fans. Uh, some people saying it wasn't really needed as a remake, but no. you know what? It's picking up the awards and it's got a nice unknown a lot of the cast are unknown yeah, so they're which is brand nice. new and that is good that's good but you know it's actually setting off um zegler on a like a real high ranking film star so she's going straight onto a disney live action film is pretty good yes. even though that's got its own problems but yes, that might come yes. in my later later announcements <laughs> <laughs> yes peter dinklage made some noise about the entire story of having a bunch of dwarfs in a cave is problematic in this yeah. days and i get it's point about that although Disney have said that they're working with the community to make sure that they're treating it in a more sensitive way so we'll see what comes out of it but yes and my third headline is Krasinski is currently looking to expand the A Quiet Place universe and the first thing is director Michael Sanofsky has signed on for two possible films that takes place in the same universe so we'll not use the characters of John Krasinski or Emily Blunt in terms of like a prequel sequel or whatever but it's uh, something that goes on with the how the race ended up there it's current working thinking but yes that is an exciting story particularly for Matt uh, another co-host here at Geek Town he will be very excited as uh, he is a huge fan of the A Quiet Place yes. films should just make a loud place film where everything's just <laughs> annoyingly loud throughout the entire thing <laughs> can you imagine uh, and my fourth headline is Chicken Run sequel is finally in the works the film that we've all been waiting for from Ardman, but sadly, no Jane Horrocks. Jane Horrocks, who voiced the original main character back in, I want to say 1999 around something then, like that, uh, something like that, um, is not being invited back. I'm only imagining that her character ended up in a oh. pie or a chicken stock. <laughs> I see. No, Jane Horrocks is back, according to this. No, you can't ruin my top stories, Dave. I heard it was she wasn't. No, they have replaced the two leads because we did this last week Julia Sawala isn't back and Mel Gibson isn't back which is kind of slightly more understandable but Thandie Newton and Zachary Levy are taking the two lead roads of Ginger and Rocky but Jane Horrocks is returning as Babs Melda Staunton's back David Bradley's back and Romus Rangan Nation randomly was in there and he's coming back yeah. and Daniel Mays uh, Nick Mohammed 
as well. Okay. So, Ray's so. headline 4.2. He got it wrong. <laughs> Jane Horrocks is back. I misread my notice there. I thought she wasn't. But yes, Babs is back. She didn't end up in a chicken pie. That no. is good news. Yes. <laughs> and my final and fifth story for films from January is the disappointing news that the Mission Impossible films have been put back even further, considering that Mission Impossible 7 was originally going to come out in 2020, got booked to 2021, then it was secured for 2022. It has been announced that Tom Cruise and his company has put the films back to 2023 and 2024. But do not worry, Tom Cruise fans, we are still going to get Top Gun Maverick this year. That is a delayed film as well. So we're going to be supplying tickets to Tom Cruise for at least another three or four years. (laughs) So that wraps up my five bullet points for January's film stories. I hope you enjoyed that, Dave. Excellent. Very, very well done. Yes, I enjoy the Mission Impossible films. They're good fun. I mean, you know, wonderfully fun, silly franchise. Yes, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Top Gun as well because the original movie was great. So, (laughs) And then on to what I've normally been doing. So the TV I've been watching. Lots of great TV obviously came on in January and even more brilliant stuff coming up soon, I'm sure. I know that you and I are probably going to talk in a little bit about The Responder. So I watched episode one of The Responder, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I watched Trigger Point last week. I've been watching Um, that as well. Yes. Trigger Point. Oh my, my heart rate during that first episode. I I was just like, was I felt constantly on the edge and I didn't quite know like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? So I can't wait. I think I'm going to watch episode two later tonight. And then I know we probably don't talk about reality or quiz shows, but I've been catching episodes of this program called Limitless Win, which is Anton Deck's new sort of vehicle. Have you caught it? I I haven't. I am aware of it because they were actually on Graham Norton a few weeks ago promoting it. So I'm aware it is out there. Is it any good? Is it? It's just a really interesting concept that there is no limit to what they can win, but every answer is a number. And if you get the number spot on, you get extra lives to carry on playing. Yeah. If you go over out of the game, if you go under, you lose the number of lives that you're under. So you, right. it's, it's just, it's a gamble. Every pairing seems to be a family. So it's like a mother and a daughter, two sisters sisters, two brothers, a father and a daughter. That's the general pairing that you're related. And I found myself quite addicted. And it's a simple quiz format. But, you know, Anton Deck, in my opinion, win again, a really great idea. They do joke on there that technically it could bankrupt (laughs) ITV. (laughs) You know, if if you had some really smart players who really knew their stuff. And honestly, it is if you know the answer, you know the answer in like simple numbers. And I've I've heard a couple of questions. I'm like, oh, I know the answer. And I've said it straight away. And it turns out to be the right answer. I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I don't know how I knew that. And you see a couple of contestants on there just from really weird, almost slumdog millionaire type things going, oh, I did this thing one time that reminded me of this. And that's the right that number and it's like oh my god they did know yeah. Um, so yeah if anyone is a quiz fan or does like Anton Deck as always then catch up with a limitless win it's on the, the ITV hub and it's I think it's going out on Saturday nights as well Yeah. and I also caught episode one of Queens now just on the last podcast I was talking about watching the series Girls 5 Ever on Peacock yes. which is a very comedic look at a girl band from the 90s getting back together and then I found myself watching Queens on Disney Plus and it's a more serious 
serious, but there is some sort of dark comedy in it of a black hip hop R&B girl band yes. uh, revisiting their career after someone samples one of their songs in it. The difference is, though, it stars... Eve and Brandy and anybody listening who listened to music in the late 90s, early noughties know that they're very talented singers. And so you've got some really interesting performances. The first episode was very full of exposition and lots of the dialogue almost had to give loads of information out that you would never say in a normal conversation. It's a bit clunky like that. But then I've heard good things about how it goes on during episode two and three. So I'll be okay. I'll be tuning into that when I can. An interesting take on the girl band theory. Yes. Um, in that time, I finished Afterlife. I did that in one weekend, the Ricky Gervais season three. I believe in the very near future, me, you and Matt are going to get together to talk about that in a little bit more detail. Yes. I also finished Mandy. If anyone's seen it on uh, BBC iPlayer, short 50 minutes episodes comes from the brain of Diane Morgan, who you would have seen in Afterlife. Afterlife and plays Philomena Kunk. Right, it's yes. Just, just brilliant. It's absolutely ridiculous, out there comedy. It is slapstick to the extreme. And she has this like pursed lip, and it's so funny. And she's, you know, it's, it's just what Diane Morgan does best when she's given sort of a license. And she does it in lovely 15 minute chunks. So it's not a an exhausting comedy where you have right, to say yeah. um, And I caught up with Vera, and I'm up to date with Vera, even though I know there's two episodes left. But they're holding those back, I think, after they finished a run of a few drums. Yeah, so. the Vera series seems to be split into like two episodes, wait three months, two more episodes, wait yeah. three months. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love Vera. I love Brenda Blethyn as well. So um, I really enjoy watching those. My last thing to say for February, people are looking for films they might want to catch up in in February. And hopefully some of these might pop into my top five stories at the end of the month. Uh, Death on the Nile comes out this month. This is the follow up to The Orient Express. Um, my excitement about this we have to ignore the fact that army hammers in it and he's got his own things that we shouldn't talk about and they've really limited the exposure but it's got french and saunders back together (laughs) and that's what i'll be looking for so french and saunders are on death on the nile also coming out moonfall uh, a big disaster movie we probably didn't ask for but um it's coming out on the fourth i believe i think that's going to pick up some really good fans like it's taken us back to almost those um real disaster movies of uh back in the late 90s so uh uh, check out Moonfall and lovely Oscar bait Serrano, which is about Bergerac and it's a film with Peter Dinklage in the lead role. And that's yeah. very Oscar worthy. I don't think I'll be a huge fan. I won't rush out to see this, but anybody who wants to see one of the Oscar tips, then maybe go out and see Serrano. Yeah. And I think, Dave, that's all my updates so far. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Moonfall, I happened to capture a trailer for it. It came to completely bypass me, but I saw a trailer somewhere. And John Bradley, who is probably best known as Samuel Tarly from Game of Thrones, seems to be the lead role in it. And you've got people like Patrick Wilson, Halle Berry, Donald Sutherland in there, yeah. um, Michael Peña's in there. I mean, there's some really big names in that film. But yeah, John seems to be the lead in it, which is kind of interesting. But um, certainly from that trailer that's what i got from it it's really kind of interesting looking that movie it looks very weird so what have you been up to well a few things uh responder is obviously one thing that i've been watching and uh, yeah. i know you've been watching as well it's a very interesting very dark drama starring martin freeman as this liverpudlian policeman who basically works mainly at night and he's got a slightly shady background but he's trying to be a better cop the job is very much driving 
him down and he finds himself in these sort of various situations and this friend of his who also happens to be a drug dealer is causing him problems. It's a wonderful performance from Martin Freeman. His Liverpool accent is spot on, I think. Having lived there for a few years, I know the accent reasonably well. I would say he's doing a pretty decent job of pulling that accent off. But really interesting storyline, very dark. There aren't many laughs in it. Nah. You know, it's it's really solid, decent BBC drama. I, I usually go for something which has got a little bit more lighter stuff in it. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, incredibly gritty and dark. And I mean, I don't think there's any shade on either actor, but I kept thinking I was watching Stephen Graham. He, the, <laughs> the accent was so strong and he, obviously he's taken a new image for this role. I kept genuinely checking myself going, is that Martin Freeman? Is this the man that we've just seen in some Marvel films? And, you know, he goes a really, really good convincing performance and uh, yeah, very dark. And on the back of things like Trigger Point as well, you're looking at a real range of good, compelling light, raising those heart rate type dramas at the moment. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I only watched one episode. I wished it was one a week and not dropped all at once. It's kind of, there's that fight that this seems to be the drama that I would have liked to see every Sunday, like the Line yeah. of Duty type thing. And I know they've dropped it all and I'm not in a hurry to watch it, but I know that there's some people out there who've watched it all and want to talk about it already. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm taking my time with it. So yeah. Yeah, I think I'm three episodes into it at the moment. And uh, yeah, well, it's easy to wear all there i have been kind of watching it weekly so um it's very very solid there's some pretty shocking things coming up in it as well i get what you mean about the stephen grain thing in fact i think when i checked twitter after it had come out the first episode went up and stephen graham was trending alongside martin freeman (laughs) (laughs) because i think everybody was going this is great but i don't quite get why they didn't get stephen graham to do this i mean it's a really really good role for him and uh, he's doing a wonderful job on it so um definitely worth watching and it's interesting having that on this side and then you've got Trigger Point running over on the other side as well which is from Jeb Mercurio and the Line of Duty team that I think is a really solid drama as well so Sunday nights if you're doing kind of really really uh, you know, I think Responder's been sort of Sunday, Monday nights, hasn't it? I think they were running yeah. it. And then Trigger Point, you've got going out on Sunday nights on ITV as well. And, you know, so there's some, two really decent, solid dramas going out there. Mm. And um, second episode of Trigger Point is fantastic as well. First episode ends in a really interesting place. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of other things, on a slightly more ridiculous note, Doom Patrol Season 3, which has been out for a while, but has been kicking around on Stars Play, I find finally got to the end of that. I mentioned I was watching it a bit last week and uh, talked a little bit about how they'd kind of stepped slightly too far over to the edge for my liking in one of the episodes. They've managed to pull it back a bit and they start explaining a bit more what's actually going on and it starts to make a bit more sense. It is a ridiculous show. I'm not going to try and explain any of what happens in season three because it's so bizarre. As I say, I said in my comments, it comes to something when werebutt monsters are not the weirdest thing in the series. And by werewolf monsters, I mean, (laughs) think of a werewolf, except it's basically buttocks with legs. Okay. Um, And that isn't the weirdest things 
in the show. Uh, okay, so, that's standard. Yes, it, it's it's so bizarre. But I did actually end up really enjoying the third series, and um, they've done some interesting things with the characters this year. They've shifted a few things around, uh, sets things quite nicely up for a full season. So I'm looking forward to seeing that come back. Other things that have returned as well. Billions came back for its sixth season, which is slightly different this time around because there's no Damien Lewis in it. Sorry if that's spoiling the fifth season for everybody, but there is no Damien Lewis in the sixth season. And you've now got to a point where Corey Stoll has taken over the sort of lead role or the co-lead role opposite Paul Giamatti. It's interesting because I wondered how that transition would work. And actually... I think settles pretty well and you don't really miss Damien Lewis. They've done a really good job of covering that. And I mean, Corey's a great actor anyway. It's weird that it manages to carry on without the character of accident and still works, you know? Mm. Also gives a bit of a kick up the backside to a series which is six seasons in and helps reshape it in a slightly different direction as well, which is one of those things that is sometimes worth doing after five or six seasons. So although Although, you know, I don't know whether it was always planned that Damien was going to leave at this point or whether it's all the things that went on in his personal life, whether that was the impetus for him leaving, I don't know. But Corey's doing a wonderful job. It actually works really, really well. And it gives you a lot more different things to play with because there's a very different dynamic going on there. And the other thing to return with Snowpiercer, which is once again, great. I'm really enjoying that show. Left things in a very interesting, precarious position at the end of the second season really the third season just carries straight on and picks straight up again and uh, you know just eats full steam ahead Uh, so uh, (laughs) works very very well really really enjoying that one other thing which dropped late last night was the trailer for Halo and I'm not going to talk too much about this because I mean you're here so uh, (laughs) uh, uh, and this is a thing that's based on a video game and it's set in space and neither of which are kind of going to be yeah so I mean the Halo trailer there's a copy of it up on the website if you want to go and and watch it one of the things that does make it interesting is the release date for it because the release date for it on paramount plus is the 24th of march now at the moment we don't have a launch date for paramount plus in the uk however we are being told that they are aiming for a march launch paramount plus in the us only has two big shows which they're launching in march one being star trek picard and the other one being halo star trek picard season two due to the existing deals it has been confirmed that that is going to be sticking on amazon prime for the second season so they don't have that to launch launch internationally they do have halo which is going to be launching on the 24th of March. So putting those two things together, it seems likely that Halo will probably be on Paramount Plus UK on the 24th of March. Whether that means that Paramount Plus UK will launch on the 24th of March or whether it will launch before then and then this will be their first big show, I don't know. But that does seem to be the way it's going. So it points to the March launch date being correct. I just wish they'd actually bother to set out a press release and saying we're going to launch on this date because it's all being very very quiet but hopefully over the next few weeks we should get a launch date out of them but um i am looking forward to that coming the halo series looks great it uh, looks like they've spent a lot of money on putting that together it's been in development for a long long time so if you're a fan of the halo video games i am sure you're going to be very hotly anticipating the uh, tv series coming out but the the trailer looks really interesting so 
that will be uh, hopefully coming to Paramount Plus in the UK and the US on the 24th of March because they did say it was going to be a day and date release when it launches in the original press release so we'll see that's all the things we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com We start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Cancellations first. Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol cancelled after one season on Peacock. Did you see any of that? No, I didn't. Did you say you'd watched it and you'd enjoyed it? Yeah, I thought they did a pretty decent job of it. I thought it actually worked reasonably well. I mean, it's sort of a self-contained story anyway. I mean, they leave it open enough that he can go off and do other things at the end and they do kind of tease the potential next story afterwards but the story that they're following is based on the lost symbol book and that sort of works as a self-contained thing so Mm. they could have moved on and done more i mean they set it up and left it open enough it's not like they killed him off at the end or anything like that so they kind of teased that you know he could go off on another adventure at the end of it but apart from that it is a self-contained story i think that's a little bit of a shame because i thought they did a reasonable job of it but obviously it didn't get the numbers for them presumably Mm. so that's gone then showtime had the axe out big time this week showtime has cancelled american rust which was the jeff daniel series that's gone after one season work in progress cancelled by showtime after two seasons that was a comedy which ran on sky comedy over here and black monday which was don Cheadle's show that has gone after three seasons as well so yeah they they really went yeah. with it. Um, i watched work in progress and to be totally honest i watched that during my isolation just for christmas the second season and it it was enough of an ending as someone who's watched both seasons you wouldn't need a third. It's told the actress and the comedian who writes it, and it's very much sort of like about herself, Abby. Yeah. She gave it a neat ending at the end of season two. She, But, right. you know, there could have been a third... But also the story's been told and she's I think she gave it a good enough grounding. So I wasn't shocked that that was cancelled when I read the notes earlier. I'm more shocked about Black Monday. That's got a, quite a big cast and I thought that was doing quite well. So Apparently the numbers hadn't been brilliant for it the last season. So uh, And it, it'd been on shaky ground for a little bit. So shame mm. that's gone. But I suspect that's a show that is rather more expensive than it looks because it's set in the 80s. So yeah. there is a lot of work you've had to do to make things look like they're in the 80s if you're shooting a scene outside that's fine but then there's a bunch of digital effect work in there i i bet that will mean you've got to delete signage and you've got you know i mean there's going to be a lot of that sort of stuff in there i suspect that's just a lot more expensive than it looks that show Mm. in terms of renewals we have righteous gemstones renewed for a third season at hbo i've not seen any of that but uh, i know people love that yeah i've seen season one and i've been waiting for season two it seems like a whole year um obviously it has been but i think that's been i think i read the notes it's been released 
next week, I think. Yes, so, yeah, it's coming yeah. soon. Uh, so that's been renewed for a season three. CBS has renewed Ghosts, which is the US version of Ghosts. That apparently is going down quite well. I've seen a trailer for it. I'd be quite interested to watch it and see what it's like because it's got the girl that played the lead in iZombie is the female owner of the house. And I mean, the basic setup is the same. It's a bunch of ghosts in a house. They inherit it, try to turn it into a and b and ghosts cause havoc. It, it, the setup is identical to the UK one, basically, but the ghosts are slightly different because obviously they're American ghosts. So it's a sort of Native American in there and they've got like a US Army general. And, you know, so I think it would be interesting to see because it's probably different enough that you could get away with it. It's like, you know, the US version of the office and the UK version of the office. They've not just done a straight translation of it by the sounds of it. They've tweaked mm. it for an American audience. So I'd be kind of interested to see that. But that has been renewed for a second season. The Neighbourhood and Bob Hart's Abishola have also been renewed, neither of which have been picked up over here. So they've both been renewed by CBS. In terms of the Arrowverse, no official renewals yet, but there is news that Grant is apparently very close to signing on for a ninth season. And also the there, somebody tweeted out that the Legends production team have just been told that they are back for an eighth season as well. So we are in that period where the CW usually renews a lot of its kind of shows that you know you expect to renew. So we've said before, it's a very fluffy network. They tend to renew everything early and they pretty much renew every single show. There is a caveat to The Flash in that Grant's only signed on for one more season. So part of that could be he's not sure whether he wants to do more after the ninth season. Part of that is it could be a case of if he only signs for one more season now, he can ask for more money every season moving forward. There was a multi-year offer on the table, but he opted not to take it. He just signed for one more season. So fine. I mean, you know, he's done it for, well, it'll be nine years after this. So makes sense. Apparently the new contract comes with a salary, which is reportedly to be north of 200,000 an episode, which is not a bad paycheck if you can get it. However, he has also capped his involvement at 15 episodes next season. Whether that means they're only doing a 16 episode run and Grant won't be in one of them or whether they're doing a full like 22 episode run and you're going to have a bunch of episodes where Grant isn't in it, that's also possible as well. I would prefer them to chop the whole thing down to 16 episodes because I think there's too many episodes in The Flash anyway. It would make sense if they make it a slightly shorter season. It's called The Flash for a reason people want to see the flash and that a lot of us had the problem with that in the last couple of seasons when you're not seeing him use his speed or you're not seeing the superhero and you're having a lot of these sub characters having storylines which aren't that interesting that was yeah. i think a lot of frustration so is gusting is is he seeing the end of of the well, line I, and potentially I, you know i think they are getting to that point i mean they'll have now done if they do come back for a ninth season that will put them past arrow i think that's fair enough if they decide that they don't want to go for a 10th season. I don't think it's just a case of he's been doing it for a very, very long time. But he also does seem to really enjoy the job from the stuff he's been saying. You know, he's been saying that it's a very cool job and he may never got a job this cool again. So (laughs) I think he's possibly at the point of, I probably should move on and do something else. But equally, this is a good, solid, stable thing. So, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens if getting it chopped down to 15 episodes 
and that gives him a bit more free time to go and maybe explore do other things or even just kind of spend some downtime and regenerate and stuff that may inspire him to go and do a 10 season but I, I don't know we'll see what happens both of the seasons are back in March on Sky Max in the UK I have seen the opening five episodes of The Flash which is that sort of not a crossover Armageddon arc thing uh, which I thought they did a decent job of so it is back on a bit better form than it has been for the past season in terms of pickups and other news Picard as I mentioned earlier that is returning to Amazon Prime that has actually been confirmed they have got the second season of it that's coming on the 4th of March so it's going to run the day after the US Top Boy 2 which is actually season 4 but Netflix insisting calling it Top Boy 2 because it's the second one that have been commissioned by Netflix Top Boy Season 4, that's coming on the 18th of March, they've announced. And The Vow, Season 2 of that brilliant documentary series, which was about Nixium, that is coming in March. We don't have an exact date for that, but it's coming in March to Sky Documentaries. Did you watch the first one of that? I didn't, but I do remember you talking about it Yeah, when we were doing the end of the year roundup, and it was always supposed to be on my list, but I never got around to it. But I, I saw a piece of artwork about it this week, actually, and I thought of you straight away. I remember you talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant documentary series, that first one. And I'm sort of interested to see where they go with the second one and what more they kind of pull out of it, because there was another documentary that was done as well. And I want to see whether they end up sort of crossing over. They told slightly different stories. So it'd be interesting to see that. That's The Vow Season 2 coming to Sky Documentaries in March. BBC Three, which returns, well, by the time you hear this, it will be about the time that it drops onto linear TV again. Not that that matters to most people because it is still on iPlayer, but BBC Three is coming back to linear broadcast TV. As to where to find it, it will be on uh, Freeview, BT TV, SkyQ, SkyGlass, Virgin, Freesat, pretty much everywhere you've had it previously. The channel numbers are slightly different depending where you are. Freeview and BT TV, it's on... Um, Standard definition on channel 23, 109 in high def. Sky Q, it's on channel 117, except if you're in Scotland randomly, it's on 173. Uh, <laughs> Sky Glass, it's different. It's on 118, except Wales when it was on 119. Oh my goodness. Uh, Virgin, it takes over 107 and BBC4 moves to 108. And on Freesat, it's on 107 and 179. Those are the numbers for it if you want to go and find it. They have announced a couple of new shows, some of which are going to be in the initial lineup, some of which are coming a bit later. RuPaul's Drag Race versus the World is one of the things that's going to be going out on the 1st of February. That is uh, basically what it says on the tin. It's RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the World. (laughs) So it is the UK drag queens versus a bunch of people from the winners of the other drag queen races around the world. That's basically that. That's coming on at 9pm on the 1st of February. There is um, a Another one, which is really funny, it's called The Fast and the Farmerish, and it's coming on the 9th of February at 9pm. I think somebody basically looked at Jeremy Clarkson doing farming and went, what if we did the reverse of that? So it's it follows a group of young farmers. There are two teams of petrol heads and they have like souped up tractors and they're put through a bunch of challenges and driving tests and skill and put their vehicle power to the test. So it's sort of a challenge top gear, but with tractors things i mean it's a bizarre <laughs> idea for a show but there you go 
So there's that. There is a drama and a comedy coming as well. One of them is from the team behind People Just Do Nothing, and it's called Peacock, randomly. It follows the story of Andy, a personal trainer at Sportive Leisure in the midst of an identity crisis. His world is one of selfies, bravado, and gym memberships where vanity and success are often horribly entangled. When Andy loses out on a job promotion to a younger, better-looking PT, he suddenly realises he's a man out of time. He needs to prove that there are more to him than good looks and a well-created dating profile. He sets out to prove that he can be taken seriously, but can he? It's from the people that made people just do nothing, so some idea of what type of comedy is. I hope they change the name of it, because... Whilst Peacock is an appropriate name for the show, it's very confusing having a TV show called Peacock and a streaming service called Peacock, and it makes it very difficult to search for anything about it. So, we'll see. Did you watch People Just Do Nothing? No, I didn't. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the comedians. I just yeah, never got around to watching. People kept saying I should have, but um, no, I didn't. You know, I'm yeah. sure it would be good, and it's fitting for that channel, I suppose. Yes, I, I think it seems very good for that channel. One of the other ones is called Life and Death in a Warehouse, which seems very dark. Factual-based drama inspired by the real-world accounts of warehouse workers, totally not talking about Amazon, I'm sure, uh, from various different companies in Britain and around the world. The series follows a fictional story of warehouse worker Ali's, whose childhood friend Megan joins at the same distributor centre as a trainee manager. In a desperate attempt to keep her new job, Megan presses pregnant Ali's to get her pick rate up, putting Ali's and her baby at risk. It's from the people that did things like Killed by My Debt and Murdered by My Father. We were a BAFTA winning team, but I mean, they don't really write cheery drama by any shape or form. Amy Fionn Edwards from Peaky Blinders, Poppy Lee Fryer from In My Skin and Craig Parkinson from Line of Duty are the three stars of that. That doesn't sound like it's going to be a particularly cheerful show, but I'm sure it'll be kind of BAFTA nominated. Oh dear. A couple of other things. There's a cooking show called Hungry For It. There is a, a sort of an, what they're describing as a celebrity adrenaline challenge thing, which is hosted by the rapper Mist, who tries various different challenges. And there is a dating show called Love in the Flesh, which is focusing on real life potential couples who have already formed a friendship via dating apps, but haven't met in real life. So there's that as well. That's the other stuff coming on there. So that's the stuff they've been commissioning for BBC Three. I think the comedy sounds interesting. I think the drama does sound interesting, but it does sound really depressing. The other stuff, I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure about it. It's not really my sort of thing. But, you know, it'll be on BBC Three, and, of course, it will be on iPlayer as well. Yeah, and it's got its target audience, BBC Three, so I'm sure that's going to hit the niche that they're wanting to hit. You know, I'll watch some of those. Um, maybe I'm a little bit too old for BBC Three, dare I say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're too old for BBC Three, I'm definitely too old for BBC Three. <laughs> So in terms of other news stories, Peacock, the streaming service, has ordered a new zombie comic adaptation, so I'm sure Matt will be very happy. It's from The Walking Dead's Julie Pleck and Kevin Williamson. It's called Dead Day, based on a comic called Dead Day, and the comic book is by Ryan Parrott, and it follows an ensemble of characters that navigate the annual Dead Day, where for one night the dead come back to complete unfinished business, be that to celebrate a night back on Earth or to torment the living. So it's 
slightly different to what you'd think of as a normal sort of zombie show. It's not them trying to go out and munch brains. The dead retain their memories, so they might come back to say goodbye. They might come back to completely rage out with friends. Or in one of the cases in one of the comic books, somebody came back to track down their own killer. So it's kind of interesting. It sounds like there may be a kind of running theme through it, but it might be a bit sort of anthology kind of thing going on, possibly. I don't know whether that is the case but that certainly it would fit that i guess it sounds kind of interesting um pleck and williamson are the people that behind the vampire diaries franchise so they do this sort of dramary stuff quite well and have dealt with vampires so they're now they're dealing with zombies it seems very much in their wheelhouse they have got another vampire series coming which is based on another young adult vampire series called vampire academy which has nothing to do with vampire diaries it was another thing that pleck really really liked the book and it just happened to be about vampires but they're making that for peacock as well so they've got a bunch of things coming for peacock but these are the the two things that they've announced so far any interest in this sort of interesting sounding zombie show i'm not sure the last zombie i watched was um what matt suggested to me black summer and i did enjoy that because it was so different to walking dead (laughs) i'm not sure i'm gonna sit on the fence on this one i'll see what the promos are like this feels like it's probably gonna be a bit more eyes on Zombie-ish than it is going to be Black Summer-ish. Um, mm. It's going to be a bit more in that vein. So yeah, I like the sound of this. I think it sounds quite interesting. I don't know the comic books at all, but yes, I trust the people behind it. I mean, love it or hate it, they did a reasonable job, I think, with the Vampire Diaries and the whole spin-off of the franchises and stuff. So that'd be an interesting one to come up. The other story was another new show. Uh, this is, again, probably not really one for you because it is a sci-fi series, but the US Sci-Fi Channel actually ordering a sci-fi series is kind of big news they have ordered something called the arc it is from independence day writer producer dean devlin along with jonathan glasner who was a writer producer of stargate sg1 so it's got a really interesting pairing behind it the series takes place 100 years in the future when a planetary colonization missions have begun as a necessity to help secure the survival of the human race the first of these missions on a spacecraft known as arc one encounters a catastrophic event causing massive destruction and loss of life. With more than a year left to go before reaching their target planet and lack of self-sustaining supplies and loss of leadership, the remaining crew must become the best versions of themselves to stay on course and survive. I think that sounds like a really interesting setup. It's a sort of lost at sea, but trapped on a ship together kind of idea. It's fairly self-contained. Uh, mm. Devlin and Glaston previously worked together on The Outpost, which I think I watched a few episodes of and had a pretty decent response for them. Devlin also worked as well as Independence Day. He worked on the Stargate movie. Uh, he wrote on Leverage. Glasner worked on a whole bunch of sci-fi series, including Falling Skies, Odyssey 5, which was a great little series, and Stargate SG-1 as well. So they've got a really decent CV behind the both of them. It's got a 12 episode straight to series order. It will begin production in March, apparently in Serbia and they're casting shortly, but you know, we'll see who they come up with. I think that sounds like it could be a really interesting show. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> my little, mm. You never know. 
I might. <laughs> but I'm not you, see my non-committal to a sci-fi show. Yeah, it's it's like you're the anti-Bex. It's like with Bex, it hasn't got a spaceship in it, and with you, it's <laughs> if it hasn't got a spaceship in it, then mate. It's funny. Oh dear. That's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> Highlights for next week. We have the much talked about Pam and Tommy, which is coming to star on Disney Plus, or actually they're promoting it as Disney Plus these days, which doesn't sound right at all, particularly when you're talking about Pamela Anderson, Tommy yeah. in a sex tape. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, it is the limited series based on the true story of the uh, the events around the scandal that hit Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Lily James and Sebastian Stan in the lead roles. I mean, the shots they released of it look spectacular. The trailer look really interesting so we're at 2nd of February on Disney Plus that is dropping that's Pam and Tommy SEAL Team returns for season 5 on Sky Max that's the 2nd of February at 9pm I'm looking forward to having that back because that's been a great show Righteous Gemstones as we mentioned earlier that's just been renewed for a third season second season hits Sky Comedy on the 3rd of February at 10pm Murderville which is a sort of US remake of Murder in Success film which I never actually saw i don't know whether you caught that yeah yeah this is something i have been looking forward to i really like murder and successful the tom davis sort of like almost improv type comedy yeah. uh yeah so i i'm looking forward to seeing how the americans take it on because it is a very british style of humor so uh, yeah yeah murderville which is coming to netflix on the 3rd of february it's a netflix series it's murder mystery comedy stars will Arnett, and it's basically completely improv so will Arnett, i think is the the only one that actually knows the script the guest stars which range from actors and actresses to like people like Conan O'Brien and stuff I think are popping up in it they don't know what the plot line is I don't think I think only Will Arnett knows what the plot line is so that's sort of how it's set up and then they have to improvise around where they're going with it so yeah it sounds like a really interesting idea but 3rd of February for Murderville and that's on Netflix Suspicion which is an 8 episode drama series starring Uma Thurman that's coming to Apple TV on the 4th of February. Reacher, 4th of February on Prime Video. I have seen the first couple of episodes of this. I've actually, uh, I would have watched it all, but they sent me the screener links and the third episode was missing. So uh, I was like, damn it, I don't want to kind of skip past. They have now sent me the third episode. So uh, I'm doing a Q&A with the, uh, some of the people involved in that show later on this week. But I have seen the first couple of episodes. It's brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that. But uh, that, of course, is a new series based on the book series by Lee Childs. It's got a great cast, uh, much more appropriate lead in it this time around, who looks like Reacher out of the books. Reacher season one, Prime Video, 4th of February, that lands... South Park season 25 that comes to Comedy Central on the 4th of February at 10pm The Curse which is an interesting new sounding Channel 4 drama that is coming the 6th of February at 10pm it's a comedy caper set in London in the early 80s following a gang of hopeless small time crooks through their own stupidity and poor judgement find themselves embroiled in one of the biggest gold heists in history that is sort of loosely based I think on a true story but that sounds like it could be quite interesting quite fun that's called the curse it's on channel four on the 6th of february at 10 p.m 
Power Book 4 Force. That is the next one of the various Power series. That is coming to Stars Play on the 6th of February. Starstruck Season 2, that comes to BBC 3 on the 7th of February at 10pm. So that is obviously the second season of the brilliant Starstruck, which has been getting plaudits all over the place from Rose Matafeo. And 911 returns for its fifth season. That's on Sky Witness on the 7th of February at 9pm. I'm very much looking forward to that coming back. A lot of people have been asking about Lone Star. There are no crossovers as far as we're aware this time around, and they're running at different times in the US. So it looks like we'll probably get 911 first and then Lone Star afterwards, which is what they did when the first Lone Star season came out. So uh, I think they'll probably run back to back, but won't be running at the same time this time but that's 911 sky witness 7th of february at 9 p.m for that anything particularly uh, looking out for oh dave it's an amazing week for me like but just so much great stuff pam and tommy righteous gemstones murderville suspicion the curse and 911 are all like and starstruck as well yeah um, it's a really exciting week obviously with the launch of bbc3 are we watching the drag race launch as well we've got this is going to hurt um i've read the book and so this is going to hurt it's going to come out soon as well february's looking really exciting um and so yeah i'm looking forward to that there's some really good stuff coming up and it was packed last week it's pretty packed this week it's going to keep on being packed for the next few weeks actually which is great you know there's going to be lots and lots of stuff to watch and as I mentioned March it sounds like we're getting Paramount Plus as well so that will bring a whole new bunch of things to the UK it's looking pretty good I mean I know it's a pain having so many streaming services and not everybody can have every streaming service but there is a lot to choose from right now so uh, it should be really good if people want to find more of you where can they find you? Come on over to Twitter and find me on at Grey the Geek and give me a hit up or a follow and uh, if you want to talk to me about my future film reviews and hopefully I'll be back um, in early March to give a February update for everyone at Geek Town as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's Grey with an A as well. On, uh, it is, Grey, yes. yes. For other people involved in the show, you can of course find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She's streaming pretty much daily. She's also uh, in various evenings as well and lots of fun stuff going on over there uh, watch a fall off things in Tomb Raider you can uh, see us sitting in a box on Sundays answering stupid questions talking about comic books it's always good stupid fun over there but definitely <laughs> worth going to spend some time with Bex if you want just to sit back and relax and have a laugh at somebody for Matt and Robert you can go and find them over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts over there from Manchester United to Gaming Talk and all the stuff in between and for Daryl you can go to hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.